Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome back to C4C Apologetics. And we are back today with today's podcast episode talking about apostasy, apostates, apostasy. What does this word mean? And if I can quote a line from The Princess Bride, I don't think it means what you think it means. A lot of people within the church today have this idea that the word apostasy simply means that somebody's leaving their Christian faith. Someone that's turned their back on Jesus Christ, claiming to be an agnostic, an atheist, or whatever the case is. But when we actually do a word study, we see that apostasy has a different idea. There's a different meaning behind this word. And it's interesting, we're going to be talking about that this podcast episode. Really, when we're looking at the word apostasy, we need to realize that there are three Greek words in which this idea of apostasy comes from. Now, I'm no Greek scholar. I'm no Greek uh, grammar individual, so I'm going to butcher these Greek words. So if you want to tease me, make fun of me, let me know how to pronounce them correctly in the comments. Feel free to do so after the episode. So the three words are peripipto, apostasia, and aphisemi. Now, of these three Greek words where we get the idea of apostasy, the majority usage is aphistemi. In aphistemi, the majority usage of that word simply means to leave a location, similar to when you leave your church, you leave your home, you leave Walmart. I don't know why you would go to Walmart, but you leave whatever business you like to get groceries and stuff and everything else. I say everything else because a buddy of mine loves that phrase. So, aphistemi, the majority of its usage is simply leaving or departing a location. So, when we're looking at verses for that, we're going to skip over a bunch of them. Because I'm going to allow you to see how many times each Greek word is used. And we're going to look at those passages to see contextually, are they leaving the faith? Are they turning their back and walking away from Christ? Or is there something else? Remember, context, context, context. Just like the law of real estate. Location, location, location. We have got to understand when these words are used, what is the location in which they're used. And most of the time, if we just understand simple context, we can get the idea and understanding of what this word means and get off the fact that it doesn't mean what we think it means. First Greek word, apostasia. Apostasia is used twice. It's really rendered falling away or to forsake. The first time we see this word is in Acts chapter 21, verse number 21. Scripture says, And they are informed of thee, that thou teachest all the Jews which are among the Gentiles to forsake, forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children, neither to walk after the customs. So here in Acts 21, 21, the word forsake is the Greek word apostasia. And basically, in English, forsake is actually a verb. But if you were to look at forsake in the Greek, if you look at apostasia in the Greek, it's actually a noun. It is not a verb in the Greek. It's a noun. And it's in the accusative case signifying that it's actually the direct object of that sentence or that thought, meaning that it's the noun that receives the action of the verb. So what's the context? The context simply is that Paul went to Jerusalem and the church received him. Then he declared everything that God had done through him with the Gentiles. They all glorified God, but James told him how many Jewish believers who are zealous of the law were questioning Paul's declaration of neglecting the law of Moses. 
So what should be done to bring harmony between the zealous Jews and Gentiles? That's the context of what's happening here in Acts 21. What do we understand con- context on what this word means? The form of apostasy here is speaking of a truth teaching or doctrine that was being left behind or turned from. In this case, apostasy was not necessarily a bad thing because they were told to forsake the law of Moses, to apostatize, if you will, for the law of Moses, because the law had been done away with. And so we're able to turn away from the law unto Christ. Christ fulfilled the entirety of the law. We are not held in bondage unto the law. The law is a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, Paul tells us. So here in Acts 21.21, it said that to forsake Moses or to forsake and apostatize from the law, leaving the law into the error and teaching of grace. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 3. 2 Thessalonians 2.3 is where this other apostasia word is found. I'm going to turn there real quick into my Bible. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 3. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that the man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. Now again, here in the English, the falling away could bring the idea that it's a verb, but actually in the Greek it's a noun. And the fact that it's in the nominative sense, it signifies it's the subject of, of a verb. So we need to identify the verb. Identifying the verb. And here the day will come except there come a falling away first. So what's the context? Paul is writing to a pastor in Ephesus about the coming of Jesus Christ and the assurance that his coming is not at hand, possibly in refutation to a type of preterist view. Verse 3 reveals there will be signs pointing to the nearness of his coming, and one of the signs will be the falling away. And afterwards, that man of sin be revealed. This person will be known as the Antichrist. He continues by calling to remembrance what had previously he told Timothy, and that there's something at work withholding his revelation until this person who was restraining is taken away. Therefore, the Antichrist will not be revealed until either the church or the Holy Spirit is removed. Then the Antichrist can begin deceiving the world with lying signs and wonders. He does reveal the mystery of iniquity is already working, and it could be considered a mystery possibly because to many people in the world, the wickedness prevalent in the world is hidden or relative. Realize, he also previously wrote to Timothy about this falling away, which will pave the way for the revelation of the Antichrist and the mystery unveiling. We see this in 1 Timothy 4, 2 Timothy 3 and 4. It will not be the falling away, but rather a falling away. Additionally, it says nothing about the faith of those falling away, but rather it's going to be a defection from the truth of Scripture. It doesn't say anything about the actual faith. So what does this truly mean as far as this falling away? Nothing in this passage identifies a believer who loses salvation or even renounces their faith. simply just appears to be a departure from doctrine or teaching, not necessarily a loss of salvation or rejection of Jesus as Savior, at least contextually, the departure from sound doctrine 
would enable people to be deceived by the Antichrist. And we see this in 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 3, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 3, and 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4, that it's a doctrine that's left in a selfish attitude. So those were the two times that apostasia was used. And contextually, again, I don't think you can argue that this is people leaving the Christian faith and turning their back on Christ. What about the Greek word aphistemi, to fall away? This word is actually used 16 times, 16 times, 10 times by Luke, four times in the pastoral epistles, one to the church, and one in the book of Hebrews. And basically, aphistemi is made up of a compound word, apo, which is from or out of, and histemi, to stand, establish, or set. And so we're going to look at a few of these verses. We're going to look at Hebrews 3, 1 Timothy 4, and Luke 8. Because again, when we get to this word, most of the time, it simply just means to leave, to walk away, if you will. So, Luke chapter 8, verse number 13. If you want, you can turn there, pause the episode, whatever the case is, but I'm going to read it off to you. 8.13 in the book of Luke. They on the rock are they, which when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, which for a while believe, and in the tem- time of temptation fall away. So what's the context here? The context is the parable of the soils. This particular soil does receive the seed. This soil does spring up life. It has life, but it has not root nor steadfastness. It believes, but then it falls away due to temptation. Matter of fact, if you parallel this with Matthew chapter 13 verses 20 and 21, it reveals the fact that this person receives the message gladly and endures for a while, but then he quits living an active faith due to persecution. So in this this sense, contextually in Luke 8, the apostasy, if you will, the fall away, is someone that quit living their faith due to persecution. Nothing is said of loss of salvation, and nothing is said about them losing their eternal life. And when you look at the synoptic gospels and you parallel them, each time this seed receives the message, life sprouts up. There's eternal life there, but they stop living active faith. So what about the next one? The next one's found in 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So what's going on here? To depart from the faith. Really looks like a Christian that's turning their back on Christ, renouncing Christ and becoming an atheist or agnostic, right? Well, let's look at some things. In chapter 4, verse number 1, it begins with the word now. The now in verse 1 reveals a shift in thought. He's starting to talk about what will happen in latter times, similar to the phrase of the Lord being near. These people will depart from the sound teachings of orthodoxy and listen to false teaching, or dare I say, progressive Christianity. They're eventually going to be promoting these false teachings as well. Realize, nothing is said about the spiritual standing of these individuals, saved or unsaved. That's us bringing our presuppositions and our bias. There's no clear explanation on these people losing their salvation by departing from the faith. They could possibly be unbelievers. But the fact that he is telling this pastor that some will leave the faith 
seems to point to them being believers. And the faith does not have to be a repudiation of Jesus and his sacrifice, but faith can also mean the conviction or the religious beliefs and the substance of religious views. And this seems to be the case here in the context. So it seems to be discussing that people are leaving the true teachings of Scripture for false teaching, for seducing spirits, or possibly people who are never saved to begin with. We see that a lot today. Even those Christians that are within the church giving ear to woke Christianity, to progressive Christianity, to getting duped by Bethel Church and Hillsong Church and all these other uh, really emerging church, progressive Christian churches, they're departing from the faith. They're departing from the true Christian teachings. doesn't necessarily mean they lose their eternal life. It means they're leaving the truthfulness of the, of the accurate word of God. The third one we'll look at with this word is Hebrews chapter 3, verse number 12. Hebrews 3, verse number 12. Just a couple pages over. God says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Departing from the living God. What's the context here? While really there's constant warning, warning against Judaism and falling back into the Judaistic works-based covenantal sacrificial system, the author, whether it's Paul, Barnabas, Apollos, whoever it is, ultimately God is warning the Jewish people of departing from God due to unbelief. However, realize unbelief is also translated as weak faith. Even if in meaning literal unbelief, it could mean unfaithfulness or a breach of trust in God's word. Realize that he finished the passage with an analogy of the Israelites in the wilderness, in that those couldn't enter, enter the rest of the promised land because of their complaining and their faithlessness. It wasn't that these people didn't have salvation or that they lost salvation. Rather, it was what they did not have the ability to have rest or peace. This really clearly seems to be an admonition not to be faithless, in God's provision, in the faulty belief of turning back to Judaism due to the local Judaizers in the community there. Really, in departing from God, they would be returning to the law again, and thereby, as Israelites in the wilderness would sacrifice their rest and their peace in Messiah that they talk about as Scripture records in the very next chapter. The final Greek word is peripipto, means fall away, and this word is used one time in Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 6. Now, this is a very popular verse. A lot of people know this verse. So we're going to talk just very briefly about this verse and what I believe this means. Hebrews 6, uh, 6. If they shall fall away to renew them again under repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to open shame. Now, really, this verse is within a passage if we go a couple verses up, we'll get the full passage. In chapter 6, verse number 4, 4. It is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, to renew them again under repentance. This is where this Greek word is found and used. Now this right here is a verb. It's active voice, and it's a participle, which could also be used as an adjective in the Greek language. Ultimately, with this verse, and I understand there's a plethora of views as far as what does this verse mean, how is it interpreted. 
If you were to ask me, Danny here at C4C Apologetics, I believe simply this is a hypothetical statement of the impossibility of falling away from faith and losing salvation, i.e. eternal life. Now, there are good views on all sides of the argument, whatever side that individual wants to have, but seeing as this is a specific Hebrew letter focused on the law of Moses, there appears to be really overtones of Judaism in the local Judaizers that the Jews were considering leaving the idea of salvation by grace through faith unto salvation by a sacrificial system and obedience. And really, when we look at the whole systematic theology as far as soteriology is concerned, we realize that it's by faith alone that we have eternal life and that we have the indwelling Spirit's presence the moment of conversion in that we are sealed until the day of redemption, in that we can never lose our salvation. And so I look at this as a hypothetical question. If it was possible for people to turn their back and walk away from Christ, they would never be able to get back with Christ because they would have to put Christ back on the cross again, which is not happening. Therefore, it speaks to the promise, the blessed assurance, the eternal security of the believer that's found with their belief in the shed blood of Christ on the cross for their sins. So, English word apostasy, what does it mean? If you were to ask me, the English word apostasy does not mean what most of us think it means. It doesn't mean somebody's recanting, renouncing their faith, claiming to be an atheist and agnostic, and is walking away from the church. We can see contextually the variances, the nuances of this word through the Greek words that are used, and how more often than not, it's simply just leaving a teaching. Uh, whether it's the law of Moses, whether it's orthodox teaching, whatever the case is, and not the leaving of saving faith. Well, that's my thoughts on the English word apostasy. Hopefully it's enlightened you. Hopefully you agree with it. If not, be sure to leave me a note in the comments below as far as how you disagree. I love looking at those, chewing on those, and we you really just talk about them. We all want to grow iron sharp as iron, but with this English word, I truly believe context will reveal the fact that you cannot leave Christ. You cannot turn your back and walk away from him and lose your eternal life. Why? Because eternal life's never predicated on you or me or what we can do, but is predicated on the promise and the security of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Praise God for that. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Again, this episode was sponsored. No, I'm just kidding. It's not sponsored. But if you would like to give to the furtherance of C4C Apologetics Ministry, you could do so at our church website because this is a ministry of the local church, which is uh, where I'm one of the pastors. That Go ahead and go to odbaptist.com, Open Door Baptist in Prattville, Alabama. Come visit us if you're in the area. And then uh, you could give there. But we would covet your prayers for wisdom, for protection, for guidance, and for ultimately God to be glorified and people to receive the message of the truth of the gospel. So thanks for tuning in. Until next time, God bless.